0: Everybody, and thanks for joining Conley and me on our yellow sofa today. We'd like to talk about something that's relevant in our world at the present moment. We want to ask you a question Is it possible to have peace without compromise? And how does that come about? And we want to share something with you from three different overseas trips we made. First one, is when we uh, led a tour to Israel. I, how many times have we done that? We've,
1: I think three. Th-
0: led three tours, and, and then, then we've been by ourselves right. on a tour right. before, too, which is another great story we'll talk about sometime, about how we first got to Israel. But one of the things we liked to do when we took a tour to Israel is take our group to a little place in the old city of Jerusalem into the Jewish quarter, and it's on a little street corner. It's called the Shoreshim Gift Shop, and it's run by and owned by two brothers, and I know there was Moshe and David, I think were their names. I remember Moshe because... He was the one who was kind of leading our group in the gift shop. What it was is you'd walk in and there were all kinds of amazing, wonderful things you could buy and take home as souvenirs. But then at one point, he'd, he'd close the door and it would say closed temporarily or something to the other visitors who would come, and he would bring little stools out from under the counters and... And all of our tour, maybe up to 40, I guess, people were there.
1: Something like that, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and we'd just sit on the stools, and he'd say, okay, ask me anything you want to know, questions you want to know. And people weren't prepared, for one thing. I wish we'd been given more notice because they didn't know what to ask. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I asked him that I seriously wanted to know his answer as a Jewish man, a practicing Jew, he was not a Christian. But he was very sympathetic to Christians. Would you say that's accurate? Yes, yes. And I said, how do you as a Jew pray from your heart, according to Psalm 122, how do you pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And I remember he paused for quite a while, like he wasn't real sure. I I couldn't tell. Did he not know the answer or did he not want to answer? I
1: don't think he was prepared for you to ask that question.
0: (laughs) Anyway, he finally said, you know, you Christians, especially Christians in the West, pray for the peace of Jerusalem more fervently and more frequently than we Jews in Israel do. And I thought that was so interesting. And he was just going to leave it at that. And I said, well, could you tell me why that Mm -hmm. is? He said, it's because you have to know what you're praying for. And how difficult that is for us. He said, when you pray for peace, you're praying for shalom. And you have to understand the meaning in Hebrew of shalom. And when you do that, you'll understand how difficult it is to pray. And he kind of left it at that. Well, you know, (laughs) that whetted my appetite, so... When I got home, I just dove into an in-depth study of what the word shalom was. I mean, this was so interesting to me and important to me that I even took a Hebrew class, a year of Hebrew. And I mean, basically what it means is I can sort of successfully get my way through a Hebrew concordance, <laughs> but but I learned that the word shalom is peace, But it's so much more than peace. It's one of those multifaceted words in Hebrew that you don't pick and choose the context. It means all of the meanings at the same time. And basically, it means peace. It means wholeness, harmony, completeness, health, prosperity, and a sense of well-being. And that's a lot. So if you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for this culmination of everything good you can think of.
1: And when you see Jews meet each other on the street, they often
0: say shalom. It's like hi, goodbye. Mm -hmm. It is a greeting.
1: It's not just have a good, peaceful day. It's the fullness of the meaning. They, of course, understand that.
0: Well, maybe in Down Deep they do. I think it's used casually. Okay. Yeah, don't you? I mean, because it's just like, hi, shalom, (laughs) shalom. But if we're really going to pray, we need to pray with the understanding that God wants us to have of what we're praying for. I mean, if we're going to pray with integrity, we need to pray with enlightenment as
1: well, and when Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, he's saying, shalom I leave with you.
0: Peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, health, prosperity, and a sense of well-being. Yes. That's everything we could ever want. I, I think it's our heart's desire to yes. have that. I
1: think it's God's desire for us.
0: So this kind of got us off on a a track of seeing Everywhere in the Bible where it speaks of peace, we inserted that the depth of that meaning. And I mean, it just came alive to us. It made so much difference. And, but again, that's kind of a rabbit trail. I want to stay focused mm-hmm. on what we're going to talk about today, because I want to tell you about two conferences that we were a part of, both of them in Belgium, these Were several years ago, a couple of years apart, and they were pastoral care ministries conferences led by Leanne Payne. And we've told you before that we traveled for many years as part of her prayer team and just saw so many amazing works of God as we did this and praying with numerous people around the world. Well, the first time we went to Belgium with Leanne, well, let me preface it with this. Both of these stories, in both of these conferences, we're going to tell you about deliverances. There were deliverances in both conferences. Now, don't get freaked out on me now, because this isn't going to be Mm woo-woo-woo-woo stuff. But it was real, and it was miraculous. The first one, Leanne was lecturing about the power of evil that is in the world and how the power of God's goodness overcomes it. And it was probably an hour-long lecture, and her solution was, if you've been involved in sin, you have opened yourself up to the power of evil. And the way to overcome that is to confess your sin and receive God's forgiveness and be cleansed from that unrighteousness and in the midst of this lecture as she began to talk about confessing sin a young woman very attractive young woman about 3 rows back from the front just started to make the most unusual sounds and of course everybody's attention turned toward her and somebody tapped her on the shoulder and asked are you all right and she just didn't respond. And and it just got louder and louder. And I, I can't even remember all the details, but I remember it was extremely distracting. And she finally sort of got up and called attention to herself and was just throwing her arms wide and on both sides and just making a spectacle of herself. And she was spinning around eventually. Yeah, turning around mm. and around and around and it it was bizarre and it was one of the most unattractive demonstrations I think I've ever seen a human make. And Leanne recognized instantly what it was from the front and she says that's demonic and her first thing was she said take her out of here. Get her out. And several men tried to lead her out, and it was like a superhuman strength. The woman just got overbearing. I mean, they couldn't move her, so they picked her up literally, and she was stiff as a board lying on her back, and they had their hands under her, and they lifted her up and just moved her out from the meeting room into a large hallway outside these big double doors. Of course, it was hard to get everybody's attention back on the subject at hand. And Leanne pointed to me, and we're good friends. You know, we've been ministering with her for a long, long time, and she knew me well. And she said, "Signa, you go out there with her, and you pray, and take the crucifix. Well, when she said the (laughs) crucifix— You've got to realize we had borrowed this from a church in Belgium for the conference, and it had been standing in a large metal stand at the front of the room for the whole thing. How tall was it? I don't know, maybe six feet?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And it was a huge crucifix. Now, when I say crucifix, it wasn't just the cross. The crucifix is when it has the image of Jesus stretched out, Dying on the cross, reminding us that he paid his life so that our sins could be forgiven. There's a powerful image there. So the people in the conference were gazing on this during the whole thing. And she says to me, take it out there with you. Well, it was all I could do to literally lift it up out of this big stand and carry it. And I felt for all the world like I must have been... Joan of Arc going into battle. I mean, it was, I felt like I was on a mission and I took it outside. Well, when I got out to the hallway, they'd put her on a bench, long bench. She was stretched out on it and there were people gathered all around her. And they were all kinds of religious persuasions, you can imagine. Some of them in long clerical robes some of them in strange-looking hats, men and women, all kinds of religious orders. There were brilliant red cloaks people had on and all kinds of symbols.
1: Praying in all different languages,
0: too. Oh, yeah, I could understand French and German and Italian and Dutch. and I mean, everybody was praying at the same time, and they were getting louder and louder and louder. I don't know what they were saying, but it was crazy. It was confusing. And here I'm standing (laughs) there by her head with this huge crucifix, and one woman leaned over to pray for her and just get right in this woman's face. And she had a necklace on, and it had a medallion hanging from it. And when she leaned over this medallion barely touched the woman's face. As soon as it touched her face, this demonized woman rose up and she said, I know who you are. You're one of us. And it was the most horrible, guttural, unpleasant voices I've ever heard in my life. And when she said that, most of the people... Just drew back. I mean, you could just feel them. It was like a wave that just went away from her. And I, I reached out and picked up the medallion. This woman's necklace had been dangling on her face. And I looked at it, and it looked like a crucifix. It was someone on the cross, but it wasn't the figure we think of as Jesus on the cross. It was a saint on the cross, It was a person impersonating Jesus. Now, maybe we can do a whole other podcast at some point about the power of symbol. But symbols really do have power, but they have to be authentic. But in this case, the demons recognized this imposter and knew there was no power of Jesus to save, no power of Jesus to take away our sins. And it was ridicule. It was laughter from this demonized woman. And I, remember, I I, motioned to the woman who was wearing this necklace if she would just lean back. And I took this huge crucifix and put it with the image of Jesus down on top of the woman's chest. And I didn't scream. I wasn't all that emotional, I don't think. I just said, in the holy, powerful name of Jesus, come out of her. And as soon as I did that, this, this woman sat up again, and she just was transformed. It was so easy. It was so quick, and it was so thorough. And she spoke English. She was from England, and she was able to tell us about some ongoing sin in her life, that she had been refusing for years to confess, to renounce. And when Leanne had started to lecture about this and the results of unconfessed sin and how it can expose us to evil, she said it was like something just came over her and took over her body and her mind. It was a true deliverance. And, you know, it was it was flamboyant because I think the devil always wants a lot of attention, don't you? I mean, oh, yes. He, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he wanted the demonstration. He wanted all the attention on him and not on the Lord. But once this young woman was free and explained this to us, she was lovely. And she was able to even testify about this at a later time to the whole group. And it was very redemptive, very healing. But what it showed us was how many Times we we want to look for the spectacular for deliverance when the deliverance is powerful, but it's very simple, and it's easy to do. It's the shalom. It's the presence of God, of His Holy Spirit bringing into our midst health and prosperity and harmony and peace and wholeness and completeness and a sense of well-being And her mind and her, even her body, were just flooded with that shalom in an instant. It was something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And it brought a unity among all these disparate voices of different religious persuasions of people who had gathered around her. And it was so interesting. We didn't speak the same language, but in the unity of that deliverance, Everybody hugged each other. There was like a palpable presence of someone holy in our midst, and we all just hugged each other. No one was competitive anymore or thought they were right and everybody else was wrong. It was quite amazing. Well, then, I think it was a couple of years later, don't you? We (laughs) we went back to Belgium to a different place, but we again had another deliverance. This one was totally different from the first one but it was so powerful. We had a large contingent of different denominations, and they, again, had on, like the Europeans Mm -hmm. do, and and the East Europeans, Mm -hmm. they they love the clerical outfits, and some of them were so creative and beautiful, really, and it was fun to watch all the people and get to know them, and a lot of people did not speak English, and they spoke various languages, and People could not have looked more different. And what we found out during the conference was they couldn't have had more different opinions about things either. Even within denominations, we found out there were such differences that quarrelings started about how things should be done. Now, with Leanne Payne and her pastoral care ministries she had, from the get-go, always ended every conference with Holy Communion. And it was such a unifying, powerful impartation of the presence of God for us to do that last and then go out into the world rejoicing, as we say, in the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a given, this that we would end in Holy Communion. Well, some of the factions of these denominations— were very opposed to this they felt that some of them felt they should have their own communion some of them felt we should not have communion at all some of them felt that we should just have a prayer service and it got to be so contentious that our team was really concerned about how vocal so many of their religious leaders were who were attending this conference How many people do you suppose were on our team at the time? Would you say? Probably 40. Maybe. Um, Counting the
1: local people.
0: It was was a large conference. Um, So we had a prayer team meeting around noon on the last day. And the big discussion was, should we have communion or not have communion? Leanne felt strongly that God had told her, always end your conferences with communion. And I will say, Conley and I made that decision when we started doing our Journey to Wholeness conferences as well. We always ended with a celebration of Holy Communion. It was a wonderful way to impart people with His power to go into the world. And even our team got divided. It was a little testy, and we'd never experienced that before as a team. Some people thought, well, let's just don't do it. It's not worth having people upset. But we can't can't just... Go by what everybody else wants to do when God's told us to do. I mean, you just can't imagine what it was like. So, we literally went in to the last session on the last day. I think it was a five day conference, the last session of the last day, not knowing what we were going to do, not knowing if we were going to have communion or not have communion. We knew that several people threatened to walk out if we did, several people were upset if we didn't. I, I don't know. It was a mess. The question we started with was, how do you attain peace without compromise? Well, there is no compromise. You either do it or you don't. How do you compromise something like that? So we had a time of worship before we would end the session and the conference. And our worship leader understood something that I think a lot of worship leaders miss along the way is that when you choose songs to sing to God, adoring Him, worshiping Him in adoration, as it is in Revelations, to Him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, you're singing to Him rather than about Him or even thanking Him for what He's done for you Something happens when you make that choice to sing vertically instead of horizontally. And our worship leader was Connie Burner, I think, wasn't it? I
1: think it was John.
0: John Fawcett, maybe? I I don't know. Um, We had a a lot of really good Mm -hmm. worship leaders. We began to just adore God. And during that, power of Holy Spirit fell in the midst of this group of people this disparate group of people, and it's hard to describe what happened, but people just quit singing. The musicians quit playing their instruments. It was a holy quiet, a silence fell upon this large group. There was 300
1: people, absolutely quiet.
0: There was no fidgeting. There was no coughing. There was no nervousness. If you've ever been in a group where they say, we're going to have a few moments of silence for whatever, you know, it can get a little weird. People are conscious of themselves, of people around them. This wasn't like that at all. This was holy silence. And almost simultaneously, everyone standing in worship fell to their knees The whole group, the musicians, the singers, the attendees, everyone was on their knees in quiet. I have no idea how long this quiet lasted. You forget time when something comes over you like that. It could have been five minutes. It could have been 15 or 30 minutes. I don't know. But it was holy. And it was in the deepest, most profound sense, God's shalom fell upon us. It was the same shalom that when Jesus said, I give you my shalom, I give you my peace. That was his bequest to us when he left this earth. I give you shalom. And we received it that night. Mm-hmm. When it was finally reached its zenith and we'd absorbed, I think all our mortal bodies could absorb, <laughs> everyone stood in unity And it was just like a huge love fest. Everyone hugged and rejoiced. And there was genuine, outgoing affection from all the different people who had been competing against one another on religious doctrines. It was like it never happened. There was no compromise. It was just God. It was His holy presence. I've never experienced it again like that, but I know it's possible because that's what he does. Jesus is called the Prince of Shalom. If anyone that we can ever imagine could bring into our hearts, into our midst, into our struggles, into our arguments, into our unrest, that sense of completeness and a sense of well being and healing. wholeness and completeness. It's only him. It's the prince who knows how to do it. It's the gift his father sent to him to give to us. Conley and I pray that the gift of shalom will be yours. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God will fall upon you and bring you that deep peace that only he can bring. When compromise seems impossible, receive the Lord, Shalom.
1: What we've tried to describe to you today goes so far beyond mere words that I hope that we've been able to convey to you what Jesus can do when he chooses to manifest himself to us in ways that so far exceed anything that can be described. But it's real, and it's so powerful that it can bring people together who are at odds over the things that aren't that important. And when we experience it, it is something that stays with us for a lifetime.
0: So we say to you, the shalom of the Lord be yours this day and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Yellow Sofa, Modern Day Miracles. To find out more about the Bada ministry and to connect with them, visit www.signabada The link for that is in the show notes. Special thanks to Daniel Matthews of Rockwell and John Rhodes of Rhodes Recording for producing this podcast. You can learn more about them by visiting their links in the show notes. Finally, if you're enjoying this podcast, Consider leaving a review and sharing it with a friend. It
1: truly helps.